Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Gosh, that thankfulness bit just like really got my heart. Mappy made me cry. <laughs> but it's so great just to remember what God has done and how far he's brought us. And um, that's kind of on topic to what I'm talking about today. So um, I have the privilege of talking to you today about being single and free. Um <laughs> For me personally, just just hearing that um, hearing that that message title feels like um, it feels like fingernails down the blackboard of my soul. <laughs> and <laughs> if I was in the audience, I would be looking for the exits. Um, I would be like, I do not want to be lumped in with all the single people who are all desperate and like, and I don't know, it's something about singleness and then Christian singleness, which is just on another level. <laughs> and um, so I'm hoping that today to bring a fresh perspective on um, Christian singleness and also talk about stuff that is relatable to everyone, no matter what your relationship status, because I think that living free looks very similar to all of us in different stages of our lives. So I am going to be casting the net quite wide today and then I'm going to bring it in. But um, if you're the kind of person who turns to your Bible, if you want to open it up in Colossians, um, Colossians chapter 2. So guys, Colossians is such a great book. Just so recommend it. Um, But basically the beginning of this chapter, what Paul is doing is he's saying, Um, to the people that he's writing to, he's saying, hey, like, the whole idea of of Jesus coming was that God put all of the answers in him and not in... not in man and not in idols and all that kind of stuff because he wanted to draw these people out of idol worship and towards himself for relationship, which was a total... um, Yeah, that was a total mindset shift at the time. So I'm just going to take it from verse 6 to 8. And now just as you've trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies, wrong and shallow answers built on man's thoughts and ideas instead of what Christ said. I'm actually just going to open it up with some prayer. So... You just want to just all just turn your affection towards God right now. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you so much that you're in this room. And we just open up our hearts to you. Would you speak to us this morning? 
would you help us to focus on what you have said and what is your truth? Lord, would you teach us what it looks like to live in vital union with you, to let our roots grow down deep? Would you teach us how to become strong and vigorous, no matter what the circumstance? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so just going back in time. uh, When I was 16, my first ever boyfriend broke up with me. And it was like one of those really dramatic teenage romances where like you celebrate every month of going out. It's exhausting. Um, it's like every month I've got to think of a new thing. And um, anyway, so, so he broke up with me. And I remember, and he like broke up with me through my mum. I can't even remember exactly what happened. But um, when my mum told me that he'd broken up with me, I remember just thinking, like, what an idiot. Like, he has missed out on me. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, you know, I'm beautiful and I'm funny and, you know, and I'm, I'm intelligent and all this stuff. And I just remember thinking, like, this guy has really missed out. And um, my mum did not think, she was not on that train of thought. And she, <laughs> she was just like, he's the most amazing guy I've ever met. And you've got to try and figure out how to get back with him and all this kind of stuff. And you're never going to find anyone like Aaron Boyd. <laughs> and um, anyway, as, a, as like a condolence gift, my, um, my sister bought me a single. And do you guys remember singles? And yeah, so like for $9.95, you can buy this song off the radio and then it's like remixed to this really dodgy dance beat. You get the remix and then you get like the, <laughs> and then you get like the other song on the album that's never going to go anywhere. And um, anyway, so she got me this, she got me this single to, um, and to this like Australian country and Western artist and it was the worst song ever and it was called Am I Not Pretty Enough? <laughs> And guys, because I'm brave, I'm going to sing you the beginning of this song. (laughs) It goes a little something like this. Um, (laughs) Am I not pretty enough? Is my heart too broken? Do I cry too much? Am I too outspoken? Don't I make you laugh? Should I try it harder? Why do you see right through me? And then the chorus is like, why do you see? Why do you see? Why do you see right through me? It's awful. (laughs) Walking the vulnerable lines today. Shaking. Um, so anyway, so after listening that, to that for a couple of months and repeat every day, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, <laughs> I literally started to think, am I not pretty enough? Is my heart just too broken? 
Maybe I cried too much. I definitely was too outspoken. (laughs) Definitely too outspoken. Maybe I just didn't make him laugh. Maybe I should have tried harder. Just, Just why did he see right through me? And so, like, my initial reaction was the truth. But then I turned away from it and I turned to what the world said. And I, tur- and I turned and I listened to, to what the world said about my circumstances. And down here in verse 8, don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. Their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of what Christ has said. And there's such a real, guys, there is such a realness for us to have idols in our culture where we turn and we worship what man says about us. We turn and we worship popular opinion. And um, I remember I was, um, so before I lived in England, I lived in America for three years. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to America, but the products are very different. And um, I, so every year I would go, I would take one case full of clothes and I would take one case full of supplies to, like, survive. I don't know how Americans get their whites white, but, like, I would be, like, have to take, you know, my, my whitening laundry stuff, my, um, you know, products for my hair and, um, like, cold and flea tablets and chocolate Hershey's. Ugh. It's all bad. And um, anyway, I remember I was sitting on my case trying to close it. And, um, and, and God just so spoke to me and he said, Georgia, in this moment, I call you Rachel. And I had this, this memory of Genesis 31 where Rachel leaves her father's home. She's, um, for those of you who don't know, she's married to Jacob. And they leave their father's home and, um, and she, she hides her, the idols from her father's house underneath her saddle. I was literally sitting on this suitcase trying to close it. It's like, in this moment, I call you Rachel. And I just fell to the ground in repentance. I was just like, God, like, are these things idols? Are these things idols in my life? And he said, anything you turn to first before you turn to me is an idol. And he said, Georgia, like, if you, if you come to me and say, God, I have a headache and I send you to the neurofen, then I'm still healing you. But if you go straight there, then I'm jealous of that thing. I am jealous of that. I want to live in vital union with you every step of every day. I want to be in conversation with you about everything that's happening. And I was like, Lord, should I, should I throw out everything in the suitcase? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, learn how to walk with me. Learn how to walk with me. Learn to listen to what I have to say. And that changed my life that day. That changed the way I thought. It changed the way I processed information. And, you know, like so often where I just would have gone from like having a couple of Nurofen and a hot chocolate, God is just like, Georgia, you need to have a glass of water. When was the last time you drank water? And I'm like, oh, I just prefer to have a Nurofen and a hot chocolate. But I have the water and I'm fine. So, like, he wants to live in vital union with us. I just want to read that, Colossians 2.6. And now, just as you've trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. 
live in vital union with him. Can I tell you, this God of ours, like he's so jealous for our hearts. Like he so wants to walk with us every single day, more than we want to walk with him. And he so shows up. He so shows up. So when we... When, we, when we're not in vital union with him, we really expose ourselves and we open ourselves up to, am I not pretty enough? We open ourselves up to, to what the world says about our, about our circumstances. And um, I just want to take you into what that sounds like for me and what it has sounded like for me. And this is, this is what earthly wisdom sounds like. Do you hear that sound? That's your life. And it's passing you by. And with every tick of this clock... You are less likely to be loved. You are less likely to be chosen. You are less likely to be happy. You want to have kids? Baby, this clock is ticking. You should just settle for the next thing that comes along. Play it safe. Take things into your own hands. Look at that person over there. They started this at the same time as you. And look where you are. This might be the last chance you ever get. You should take it. That clock is the most unforgiving master. And it is the biggest liar and the biggest thief out there. And that clock, that clock was the loudest in my life when I was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old, that lying clock was already telling me that it was too late. That it was over for me. That no one would ever choose me. When I was eight, I was just a child. 18 years old, listening to this clock, listening to this earthly wisdom. And I followed its its advice. I followed its, its advice and it led me into deception, like the deepest deception. And when there was a man who came along and said, I choose you, I, I had no choice. I had to say yes. Because this is my one chance, my one chance to be loved. And so when I was 20 years old, I got married to this man. And, um, and I'll never, ever forget the day after my wedding, waking up, and there was no clock. There was just silence. And I remember waking up to this haunting sinking feeling inside of me of what am I still doing here? This guy, he was supposed to fix me. He was supposed to take away my loneliness. He was supposed to heal my broken heart. He was supposed to, I was supposed to get a new name 
And then that was going to change everything. What am I still doing here? That clock, that clock lied to me. So I've been on every side of single guys. Every side. <laughs> I've been on the I'm not pretty enough side of single. I've been on, I've been married. I was married for three years and I've been single ever since. So I, um, after I got married, after I got divorced, sorry, I said to God in this real magnanimous moment, I said, I will give you a year to teach me who I am. I will give you a year. It's been 10, but, you know, we've learned a lot. <laughs> it's been a real journey. But, um, yeah, the, the, there's a couple of things that I want to share with you guys about what I've learned in that journey of 10 years. And that is loneliness packs its bags and goes with you no matter what the circumstance. That it does not matter what happens, the battle is on the inside. And you need to fight that no matter what stage of life you're in. And you can have victory over that. You absolutely can have victory over that. Also, it doesn't matter who chooses you, you will always be insecure until you choose yourself. Like that is, I mean, even God can come down and say, come down and say I choose you. But until you stand there and you choose yourself, ugh, like it just ricochets off you. The power is in choosing yourself. And also, oh, guys, to ever actually receive unconditional love, you have to be known. You have to be known. You have to let people know you in your dirt. Let them know you in your flaws. If you try and, if you try and cover up who you are, if you, you just want to show people a one-dimensional side of you, you can never receive love. And you can never give love. It's only ever surface level. You have to go. You have to let people into the depths of who you are, into your ugly. One of my heroes in the Bible is King David. And in the last 10 years, he has been, his story has been a constant companion and friend to me. It has been inspiration. And just looking at his single season, guys, it is a game changer. So I'm just going to read to you from 1 Samuel 17. And I'm just going to figure out where in 1 Samuel 17 I'm going to read to you. <laughs> okay, so from verse 33. So basically what's happening is um, Goliath has been challenging the army of Israel for 40 days and 40 nights, um, twice a day, saying, is there anyone who can come and face me? And if they kill me, we'll be a slave to you. But if you... if we kill whoever you send, then you have to be a slave to us. And everyone was petrified. So enter, enter David, who is like a teenager at the time. He um, is a shepherd boy. He's been looking after his father's flock. He also has a part-time job working for the king, so he's pretty cool. Um, so from verse 33, it says, um, 
sorry, verse 32. Don't worry about a thing, David says, talking to Saul. I'll take care of the Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. You're just a kid. Like, um, how would you fight a man like him? You're only a boy, and since and he has been in the army since he was a boy. David persisted. When I'm taking care of my father's sheep, he said, and a lion or a bear comes to grab a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If it turns on me, I catch it with catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this both to lions and bears, and I would do it to this heathen Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who saved me from the claws and the teeth of the lion and the bear, will surely come and save me from this Philistine. <sighs> Love it. And then he goes on. You know the story. Everyone knows the story. He goes on and he defeats the giant. And what I love about this, and guys, this is oh, it's so it's so real, is like David in those in that time when he was a shepherd's boy in the in the field where no one was watching, he found out who he was. He found his authority, and then he found out who his God was. He's saying, God isn't going to let me get killed by anyone. He's not even saying God will defend Israel. He's saying God will defend me. And he knows that he has authority over his enemies. And if there's something that I have learned in the last 10 years, it is go on mission. Go on mission in whatever season you're in. Like, I have... I've had the richest life in these last 10 years and I've been surrounded by people who love me and cheer me on and not saying that I haven't had lonely days, not saying that it hasn't been hard, but I've been on mission and I tell you what, I have the victory over my lions and my bears and, and, and God has used that time and I trust him with it. I so trust him with it. Um, Josiah and Heather were talking about uh, Know Your Name Before the Lord from Songs of Solomon. And whether you are married, whether you're not married, whatever your situation is, know your name. Know what he calls you. Know your strength. Find that and you'll become unshakable no matter what life throws at you. I am. Um, Steve always quotes all these people who are like, you know, philosophers and psychologists and all this sort of stuff. I'm quoting Dolly Parton today. <laughs> he said, "Find out who you are and do it on purpose." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. If I can just ask the band to come up. The waiting season is really real. Like, I'm 33 and a half years old. And guys, I want to have family. I want to get married. Like, that's a real desire in my heart. But never again will I worship that desire. Never again will I elevate that over who I am. 
Never again will I elevate that over who God is and what he's doing in my life. And guys, if he wants to take 10 years fashioning me and forming me and and making me unshakable, then thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And to to anyone out there who is, um, anyone listening to this, who's feeling like you've been left behind, anyone out there who's listening to this, it's not too late for you. It is not too late for you. And the God who is outside of time is your God. And, And he will show up. And anyone who's had marriage on this, like, pedestal, guys, I mean, it's, it's great. Marriage is so amazing and it's such a gift. But your problems don't go away with it. <laughs> There's this... Um, statistic that everyone talks about all the time it really annoys me and it's that there is more women in the church than men everyone talks about it and um you know what I have no fear that God has someone for me I have no fear I have no fear that God doesn't have a plan And can I tell you, like, serving him, that's actually enough for me. It is enough for me. And yeah, I have these desires in my heart, but if I get to know him more, if I get just get to stand before him at the end of my life and say, I knew you, then that was worth it. So worth it. No matter what brokenness you've been in in relationships, I stand before you today as a living testament of what God can do. Not only does he heal, but he transforms. He's so good for his word. It doesn't matter what trauma you've been through, he was with you in it. And he's a plan for you. It's not too late. We have Mape at the back holding her son when they said it was impossible. This is our God. This is our God. And he gets real with us, guys. He gets down in the dirt and he makes it happen. He makes it happen. This room is a room full of miracles. Let's remember what he's done. Yeah. He will heal you. He will heal you. And now, just as you've trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him.
Let your roots grow down deep into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving and joy for all that he has done. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. Their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of what God says. Yeah, thank you, God, that you are the God who doesn't leave things undone. Yeah. But you see us. You see us in our trials. And you give us victory. Thank you, God, that you surround us with songs of victory. All the days of our lives. Thank you, God, that we get to live in vital union with you. We get to trust you. I just see Jesus just walking into the room and just standing before you. And where there's been disappointment, where there's been hope that's been deferred, things that you stopped hoping for, he wants to put himself into the equation. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus, we just invite you into those places right now. We invite you into the loneliness. We invite you into the barrenness in our lives. Yeah. Come and be our God today. Come and be the God that shows up. Come and be the God that heals. Come and be the God who restores. So we're going to go into a song right now. And just let Holy Spirit minister to us. So you can you can continue sitting, you can stand wherever God is meeting you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers. 